a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to me. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Why? Because I refuse to sell knives door to door. I'm Pete the Planner, and I'm going to answer the questions. Here's how the show works. I explain this every week. Email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. Email me your question. Give me as much details as you want. If you don't send me many details, I'll just make up your details. I'll give you a fake name. Don't really care. Then I'll answer your question. The question is, or the answer is a really good answer. Like it's, I can't think of anyone else that you'd rather have answer your question than me, although I'm biased. Here are the three questions we're answering this week. We got a, uh, do I have enough money to retire question? Oh, hi, Nicole. Nicole uh, joins us on the show. Hi, Nicole. Hello, hi. Okay, you're, I'm gonna let you choose what order we go in. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, so we got a can, do I have enough money to uh, money to retire? Uh-huh. I got a uh, um, rolling over a Roth 401k question okay. and a too much house question, a too much um, house question. Which Where do you wanna start? I would like to start with too much house. Too much house is where it is. This email is from a guy named Jay. As I open it up here on the Pete the Planner laptop, how do we get that sponsorship? You buy a laptop. Dear Pete, I recently came across your article linked below. I like when people send me links of my articles because then then I get extra clicks. Uh, We recently built a new four bedroom home um, uh, where the payment is roughly 30 to 35% of our monthly income. We have one child already in daycare at $1,000 a month and currently fund our retirement accounts at 15% and pay extra on principal on the mortgage each, each month to pay it off within 15 to 20 years. Uh, we're in the Minneapolis area. My wife and I are 34 and 31 years old. Our gross income annually is $165,000. Our house is worth 430. We owe 370. Uh, home equity is 58,000. Emergency funds, 25,000. We have 150,000 in retirement savings. So while we can afford this home, we don't want to afford something this large and expensive. We have buyer's remorse, as they call it. And then we moved way too fast to build a home versus buying a less expensive existing home. We could uh, certainly grow into this house as is, but the thought of a two to three daycare payments and other cash flow concerns uh, on top of this large uh, mortgage payment is worrisome. You know, Nicole, if you look at the word worrisome, yeah. it's a strange looking word. It is. W-O-R-R-I-S-O-M-E. It, it's like, I, I would... think that's wrong, but it's not. It's just a weird looking word. Oh, it makes me worrisome about the word worrisome. We are ser- seriously considering selling our brand new home. We bought it in late 2017. Next spring to search for an older, smaller, less expensive home to downsize our mortgage and tax outlay each month. Our cash flow reduction goal is around $500. New housing payment would go down to $2,000 from where we are at $2,500. We decided to do this for the following reasons. Number one, to reduce stress. Number two, to reduce the property tax burden. Number three, because we, we can have two or three more kids. Uh, number four, to reduce my wife's working hours. Uh, just so you know, you have two to three more kids. Your wife is going to be working 168 hours a week. 
uh, with the kids. Then number five, do the uh, do all the above while being able to maintain 15% contributions to retirement. Are we insane? Should we sell and downsize? Give it more time in this new home. I would love to hear your take on the situation. Look, that's uh, that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long question. <laughs> it was. It's a long question, it's okay. but I appreciate all the the numbers because like need I, all the details. That's what I said at the beginning of the show. If you don't yeah. give me details, I'll make them up. And right. So this person gave them all to me. Uh, what was his name again? Jay. Wait, we brought the first the first name. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Move. Absolutely move. That's a no brainer to me. I don't know. I and it's it's not. I have never in my life seen someone move uh, to solve a cash flow problem in which the move didn't solve the cash flow problem. It's funny you talk about this, and I automatically think of a good friend of yours. Who, yes, yes, we talk about this all the time because it's the most perfect example. It's the hardest thing to do. We are so emotionally attached to our home. We have like signs, like crafty signs that say like a home is where the heart is and home sweet home. And some of these are like Aerosmith songs (laughs) and like they're very emotional places. You sleep there. We get it. I read a fact the other day that the average home has 10,000 spiders in it. I read that literally as I was going to bed last night. So if you think about it from that perspective, you want a smaller home because you'll have fewer spiders, Jay. So I would sell the home. Absolutely. <laughs> look, look, I recently I've been writing a lot about used cars and driving your car into the ground. Why should a house be any different? Why should we have these palaces that are just expensive, uh, especially when you have equity in them? Like when you have equity in home, people are like, oh, I have a lot of equity in my home. That's great because eventually you won't have a payment. But until then, all the equity locked up in your home grows at a 0% rate of return. Because the home increases in value no matter what equity you have in it. So if you have more equity in it, it doesn't mean it grows any faster. And it gets a 0% rate of return. So like the, the equity that is parked in your home, um, it doesn't return anything to you. So to me, I think a home is arguably a terrible investment, especially if you're not looking for it to be an investment. In this case, dude's just looking for a place to fill up with babies. Jay, move get out yeah i mean you made a mistake but the bigger mistake would be staying there i don't know nicole do you see that feel free to disagree which i just i need to say from time to time (laughs) no i feel like every time that we've looked at a housing issue and it's come down to just move right like it might not make the most sense that like right in this second but put yourself in the position for it to come up that way I don't know, four bedroom home. How how many, did they say they had kids now or he wants two to three, they want to have two to three kids. I feel like they might. Well, he says two to three more kids. So maybe they have one. Yeah, we'll go with one. We'll go with one. Um, I I don't know know. why we, I get it. You like your house. You bought your house for a reason. Probably because you liked it, hopefully. My dad grew up in Speedway, Indiana on 30th Street, right? So you could walk to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway from the house he grew up in. He had seven siblings. So my grandparents raised, uh, he and his seven siblings, my grandfather's mother, who we called Cy, her name was Florence, but everyone called her Cy, S-I. Why? I don't know. It's what we called her. And she wore flannel pajamas and a knitting cap. And she called me Tom a lot. (laughs) But that's okay. We're not making fun. Cy just used to call me Tom. Um, (laughs) But that's where they grew up. And the home has to be, Nicole, wow, 1,400 square feet. Yeah. And it was, oh, I want to say two to three bedrooms and then a basement for eight 
eight or eight kids and two adults. We don't need these giant homes. No. We, we've said the statistic a lot on this show. Since the 1950s, our, our homes have gotten 300% bigger than the new, the new homes we built in the 1950s, and our family units have gotten smaller. Now, it does seem like Jay up in Minneapolis, there's a lot of hugging going on around there. They're going to have a lot of kids. They're going to fill up this, this uh, McMansion. McMansion. Yeah, Jay, you have my support. And look, if you regret it, I will give you a money-back guarantee on this. And the money back you'll get is, it costs you nothing to email me, and it costs nothing to answer it. I would absolutely move. Yeah, absolutely ah, move. Have the courage, Jay. So well, here's the thing, he's 30, let's, let's go through a little bit. He's 34 and his wife's 31, yeah. uh, or vice versa. The way he writes it, it's hard to tell. Uh, they've got 58,000 in home equity, great. That sounds like a really healthy down payment on a more affordable home. $25,000 emergency fund. Perfect, beautiful. $150,000 in retirement savings. That is excellent. I mean, 10 years from now, it'll be 300,000 if you don't put another dime in. $2,000 a month in retirement contributions and a college savings bounce of 2K, absolutely move. Do it. No doubt in my mind. You know, in terms of paying more on the mortgage, I know that's a, a thing when you pay more on a 30 to pay it off between 15 to 20, and I appreciate that, especially if you want the flexibility. But if you want the structure, just get a 15-year mortgage and uh, you'll have a lower interest rate. You just don't have the flexibility that if life gets weird. But I'll be honest to you, Jay, you got 25 GER in emergency fund. I don't know if you need that flexibility. I guess it depends how much income you lose when your wife stops working. If you want to be like Jay and be awesome, sell a house that's too expensive. If you also want to be like Jay, email me, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Nicole, you know what's about to happen now. I'm going to forward you this email. I do. And you will forward this audio to our friend because he's not listening in Minneapolis unless he's listening to the podcast. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is Michelle. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the Back on again. the Pete the Planner show. I am the aforementioned Pete the Planner. I love this show, especially if you listen on radio, because they pay this like really expensive voice talent guy to go. You're listening to Pete the Planner. And he's amazing. <laughs> like on the podcast, you don't get that. Because the production value of this show, although, Nicole, you do a great job for the podcast. Thank you. We don't have a guy that goes, you're listening to Pete the Planner. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's totally weird. You know what, though? When I just looked up into the camera and making that face at you, I saw myself in the monitor and I made a weird thing with my teeth. You can see that at PeteThePlanner.tv. <laughs> Let's get into the next question. What is with mouths around here? I don't know. Uh, hey, Pete. It's from Brian with a Y. Mm. Oh. Mm. You know, I've made it a <laughs> thing in my life where I want to be more accepting of the differences that of opinions and uh, just general difference. Remember when you're in middle school, like yeah. you can't figure out that people are different from you. It's like you shouldn't make fun of them, but you don't know that yet. You're trying to figure that out. Yeah, you don't get that quite yet. I have regrets about those periods of my life. I wasn't a total jerk, but I was as much of a jerk as any other little 12-year-old. But now I look back and I'm like, wow, how ridiculous 
or 12 year olds, <laughs> right? Anyway, but seriously, Brian with a Y is terrible. All right, Brian, uh, I'm 24. I recently left my first job out of college. During my almost two years at this company, I saved over 22,000 American dollars in a Roth 401k. Now that I no longer work at this company, I want to roll out that 401k into my personal Roth IRA, which already has around $35,000 in it. If you're doing the math at home, brother's got $57,000 saved for retirement, and Nicole, he's 24 years old. Wait, what? Yeah. I wonder if he's single. Uh, what do you think? You mean to see, check him, check him out? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, and in my mind, there's no downside to doing this as it will allow me to have access to thousands of lower fee funds instead of being constricted to the 40 below average funds that are currently in the Roth 401k. Uh, I graduated with a degree in finance. Here's the thing. I say finance. Do you, what do you say? Finance. 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 And I've always been very involved in my financial life. In my mind, there's no reason not to roll out this 401k to a Roth IRA, but I just wanted to check out and get your opinion. Thanks in advance, Brian with a Y. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brian with a Y. Okay, so first <laughs> of all, Brian, kudos, dude. Dude, I sound like uh, Michelle. Dude. Michelle Tanner. I was gonna say you sound like me. Yeah, uh, can, can, that was a, uh, a reference to uh, Full House. Full House. Um, <laughs> have I ever told you my Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen story? I don't know if I know the story, but I know you have a special relation. $57,000 is very impressive, Brian. <laughs> you just shake your head. Um, absolutely roll it into your IRA. Like, okay, so, so let's, let's, let's teach some stuff. Uh, these days, uh, you can have either a Roth 401k or the traditional 401k. The primary difference, uh, the difference, is that with a traditional 401k, you don't pay tax right now on the money you contribute to that account. Instead, um, you get to deduct that contribution from your taxable income. Nicole, using round numbers, yes. let's say I make it 100 gur a year and I want to put $5,000 into a traditional 401k, that means my taxable income is now $95,000 because I don't have to pay tax on the money I put in the 401k. It grows tax deferred, meaning I don't pay taxes as it grows till the age of 59 and a half uh, is when I can access it. And when I go to access it, I just have to pay tax on the withdrawals because that's money I've never paid tax on. That is a traditional 401k. That is a traditional IRA. And now we talk about a Roth. A Roth 401k, it's the same thing as a traditional 401k, except you don't deduct your contributions now. If I make 100 GER and I put 5,000 into my Roth 401k, I have to pay a tax on $100,000 instead of $95,000. But when I take the money out of the Roth 401k, past the age of 59 and a half, I won't have any tax liability whatsoever because I've already paid taxes. Nicole, I feel like that was a really good explanation. That was a really good explanation. Even I followed you. And the same is uh, true with a Roth IRA, right? IRA, if you don't know, is a individual, I'm going to say wrong, is an individual <laughs> retirement account. Individual retirement account. It's not one that is brought to you through your employer. Uh, your 401k or 403b, in this case, a Roth 401k, is a, an employer-sponsored retirement plan. 
So long story short, Brian, with a Y, but you know what? You deserve the long story because of that superfluous Y in your name. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like it distracts me. Well, yeah. It's like if I had an H in my name. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Mitchell. Yeah. Was that me or was that you? That was me. I'm popular. You are such a broadcast professional. The Thank way you, you silence your devices. Thank it's you. It's fantastic. We'll talk. As you play with a magnet. I do play with a magnet. Call your mind. I can't give the number out over the air, though. Oh. Okay. So anyway, absolutely rolled over. Now, anytime you're considering rolling over a traditional 401k or a Roth 401k into a, a, a Roth uh, IRA or a traditional IRA, here's what you need to know. Number one, um, we're, we're, the current 401k, is it cheap and is it good? If it's cheap and it's good, leave it alone. There's zero reason to not leave it alone because it's cheap and it's good investments. <laughs> and so why pay additional fees? Because a lot of times if you roll into an IRA product, it could be more expensive, especially if an advisor does it for you. Just leave it alone because it's cheap and good. Now, if it's expensive and bad, get it out of there. And like our friend, let's call him Byron. <laughs> and like our friend Byron has here, <laughs> let's just say that... Um, he gets to choose any funds he wants. Now, I, I, I do want to take umbrage with the idea that he now has access to thousands of lower fees. That's true, but you don't need thousands of lower fees. You need one. <laughs> you need one. A low, a lower funds. You need one lower fee fund. That's it. With thousands, who cares? I think we get really bent out of shape with options sometimes. Yeah. That's why it's funny, uh, and this is going to be old guy talk, so uh, we call this segment... Aging with Peter. Mm. Oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> we'll work Let's on call it. this segment. <laughs> I'm getting older. Okay. I used to buy things with all the features, Nicole. You know what all I mean? Like them? all the features. Like, like what? Hmm. Um, let's say a car. I was going to yes. get a new car and I'd be like, well, I want to make sure it has heated seats. I want to <gasps> make sure it's got the, blah, blah, blah. I used to be that person or I mean, cars a bad oh, example. Well, it's a good I example, but I need a different seats. example. Um, Let's uh, say a computer. Yeah. This computer I have. I could say, well, I want the most RAM and the most gig. gig. I want all these things. And, 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 but now I'm to this point, I'm like, I don't want all these options because I don't use all these options. Right. And I don't want to pay for all these options. Just give me what I need. Yeah. It was like when we got new computers. Right. Brian, you need one to five. Uh, low fund fees. You don't need thousands. So don't get too caught up in that, but absolutely roll it into your, uh, your IRA, your Roth IRA for that matter. 57,000 at the age of 24. You know what I'm going to do, Nicole? What are you going to do, Pete? We are about to, we're going to calculate when that dude's going to be a millionaire. Okay. All right. So how much do you think he's putting in a month? That's pretty aggressive. I'm going to say a thousand dollars a month, 1500 a month is what we're going with. Yeah. He's 24. Uh, he has $57,000 in there. I have 57 seconds to do this left. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so nervous. He's 24 years old, right? So let's say he's got 43 years till he's 67. Let's change the interest rate. He will be a millionaire on January 31st of 2037 if he keeps at the exact same pace he's at. By the time he retires, if he does not increase his contributions, if he keeps it at what I believe to be 1500 a month, he will have $8.47 million by the time he is 67 years old, which is retirement age, which would give him a monthly income of $19,700.
but post-inflation adjustment would be about $6,800 a month of retirement income. Good job, Byron. I'm really proud of you. And we will send you the audio. Coming after the break, more. I'm Pete the Planner. This is Michelle. Hi, I'm internet podcaster, Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. In like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the review don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of all player. Not from the Himalayas. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Almost didn't know what the show's name was, but that's not unusual. If you want to ask me a question, this is the perfect show for that. Email me, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. You can listen on the radio. You can listen on our podcast. Just search Pete the Planner on wherever you get your podcast. Or you can watch it on PeteThePlanner.tv. And what you'll notice is from straight on, I'm pretty good looking. However, if I start to turn my head just a couple degrees, I get worse looking the further I go. By the time it is a profile shot from the side, you want nothing to do with me. This question is from Lucy. I just read your column in USA Today about the couple whose $2 million retirement savings is evaporating due to the husband's care needs from Parkinson's. My husband and I also don't have long-term care insurance. What do we, uh, what we do have is, in, uh, is a living needs writer on life insurance policies for both of us, $100,000 each. Since we are not financially upper crust by any stretch, $700,000 in retirement savings, house paid for, no debt, $30,000 in savings, ages 62 and 63, and plan to retire at 65. Do you think we will be okay? So, Nicole, this is the classic, do we have enough? Do you have enough? Let's find out. So, uh, the checklist of do we have enough usually comes down to three things. It comes down to, have you paid off your house? Because uh, I think that is a major, major component for the do we have enough people. They have no house payment. They have no debt. Okay, so that is good. Uh, do they have health care taken care of? They're going to retire at 65, which means they're not going to have huge health care costs outside of what they normally do now. It's me knocking on wood, a very lovely wood desk. Um, thank you. I, I just like, I like, give me a compliment. <laughs> uh, so th they don't have to worry about health care. So then it becomes do they have sustainable, repeatable? retirement income. Okay. Okay. The piece of information I would need here in terms of like to be able to perfectly answer the question is how much income they earn now. Um, $700,000 could generate roughly $25,000 a year of retirement income. So $2,000 a month. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if they retire at 65 and both take Social Security, they'll get at least another $3,500 a month. So that means that puts their income at $5,500 a month at age 65 with no debt, uh, no house payment, and $30,000 in savings. 
the danger that I was trying to write about in the USA Today column, there was this couple that had $2 million, but um, they didn't have long-term care. And so that money was starting to be eaten up to pay for the husband's care because he was suffering from Parkinson's. And so now this $2 million nest egg that by all you know accounts seemed like it was enough, doesn't seem like it's going to be enough with, you know, Nicole, that's a, that's a horrible reality that you, you plan your whole life. You have $2 million. Your, your financial planner, as the lady mentioned in her email to us, is that she'd have 120, uh, she'd live both her and husband till 120 without any financial difficulties. Not that they were going to live to 120, but they right. could. And then it just sort of went off the rails. And so the question here is this, these people do not have long-term care. All right. Uh, so what do they do? Well, First of all, they have $5,500 a month of income. My suggestion to them is to do a couple things. Number one, they could look at what is called asset-based long-term care, potentially. Um, it, it, it sounds like they already have some of that. They have a living needs rider on their life insurance policy, so they've already taken care of that step. Uh, Nicole, what that means is they have life insurance, and one of the factors, one of the yeah. qualities of that life insurance policy, this rider, is that, that they can use the policy, uh-huh. money within the policy, while they're still living for long-term care needs. So that's that's always a possible solution is um, to look at an insurance-based product like an annuity or yeah. a life insurance policy that has living needs riders. Sort of an obscure thing, getting more popular, but that would be good. Beyond that, I'm mean, just frankly, there's just not there's not a lot you can do. When I used to be a financial advisor, there was this strange pocket of people. This was ten years ago, where if you had somewhere between three hundred thousand and two million bucks, uh, if you didn't have long term care, you pretty much were going to run out of money if you went oh. into a long term care facility. Which is a strange thing because, it, Nicole, again, long-term care is really about the person that doesn't have to go into the facility because then their assets don't get spent down and they are not left destitute because they don't have income. Now, eventually, Medicaid takes over, right? It's yeah. a government program, but you have to spend down your assets to qualify for Medicaid. Right. Some people want to argue about the quality of care between Medicaid and uh, you know personal pay, uh, private pay, uh, yeah. long-term care coverage, but I don't really care to get in that debate. Um, so I guess, Lucy, what I'm telling you is if nothing happens medically, you absolutely will be okay. But yeah. that's everyone's reality. Without long-term care, that's the, that's the bet. I can't with any certainty say, nah, you'll be fine because I don't know your health and I don't know your family's health. And arguably, the, the lady that had two million bucks may not have known when they were doing all their planning that her husband was going to uh, be diagnosed with Parkinson's. So I think on some level, when we look at situations like this, when people say, do we have enough to retire? Yeah, you do. Lucy, you do. Great job. The fact that you don't have a house payment, you're going to $5,500 a month of income and very few obligations. That's great. Now, if you have to throw in the, the, you know, the additional part of the question of, do we have enough to retire no matter what we're uh, afflicted with and how that affects our, our long-term care needs? That's impossible to answer. And that's why people try try to answer that question with long-term care coverage. The, the emailer in my USA Today column, they did not have long-term care coverage. So that question got answered because they're bleeding their assets down to pay for the husband's care. Um, Lucy, in your situation, you've somewhat 
mitigated your risks by buying a life insurance policy that has living needs riders for both of you. I mean, that is a very good move. You may consider doing the same with an annuity with, a, 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 with living needs riders if that is a major concern of yours. Other than that, you've done everything you can do. I mean, at 62, 63, going to retire at 65, there's not a lot left you can do. I mean, sort of, you know, your bed is made, as my dad used to say. Um, so if I would do anything about your situation, short of trying to get a little bit more long-term care protection, I would get that emergency fund up higher. Um, having only $30,000 in emergency fund heading into retirement is terrifying to me because the goal in an emergency fund in retirement is to protect your other assets. If you have $700,000 in assets, and we're saying it could generate about $25,000 a year or so in income in perpetuity, you don't want that $700,000 to go away because then, then it can't create the 25,000 bucks. So the way you prevent it from going away is you have more in your emergency fund. That way, if you have a major weird expense, it's like 10 or $15,000, which happens, you don't have to dip into the $700,000, which is otherwise used for generating income. Nicole, does this make sense? Or am I just rambling? Yes. No, I, you lost me for a second, but I'm back. That happens. It not it not you getting lost, me losing people. Oh. I don't guy get at me on Twitter about this sort of topic uh, on the day that we taped this. We taped this on a Wednesday this week. It's a Wednesday. Weird week with a short week. Um, and uh, just disagree. You know, he thinks that the, the life insurance policies and the annuity policies that have long-term care benefits, he thinks they're too expensive and they're not worth it. Cool. I mean, that's a great difference of opinion. I, I don't choose to argue with people or, or even really debate them. I, I, I embrace a difference of opinion. So um, good job. I think his name was Bruce. I think most people disagree with me or named Bruce. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know that, but... I no. Several people named Bruce what disagree. Is, that's got to be something. That's got to be like a thing. I don't know. Pete don't and Bruce's don't get along. Not really. My dentist, who was also my uncle, his name was Bruce. Um, oh, I have a dentist appointment next week. This has gotten weird. All right. So <laughs> um, email me. Uh, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Lucy, good job. You, you've done what you can do. Um, don't lose sleep over it. And save more than, th I would try to have at least $50,000 in emergency funds based on your other numbers you gave me prior to retiring. And again, good job. Tell your husband I said hello. Hope his name's not Bruce. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week. Yeah, there we got some doozies this week. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is Michelle. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring. This I week's biggest calm. waste of money of the week here on the uh, Pizza Planner Show. We have two of them, of course, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Wow, we got two. I'm going to go with just the one that's just over the top in terms of expensive first. Okay. And then after that, we will go with one that like no matter what it costs, it'd be a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't know either of these, uh, so I'm excited. The first one is the armored 2016 Ford Super Duty F450 truck. <sighs> U.S. Specialty Vehicles Rhino takes the Ford F450 Super Duty and turns it into a military-styled mobile bunker and command center. What? Despite an intimidating looks, the Rhino is pure luxury inside, far beyond what you'd find on a fully optioned F450. Leather seating, a premium infotainment setup. You know what? I have to tell you, that's, that's my description on LinkedIn. <laughs> I am a premium infotainment setup. <laughs> Can I just say that when I heard luxury, I was expecting like velour seats instead of just leather. What do you like better for me, an infotainer or an edutainer? <laughs> do I? I like edutainer. You like edutainer better? Can we add that to your sure. bio? Oh, cool. Sure. Oh, did we tease last week that I'm about to win a major award, <gasps> or did we forget? We might have. I think we forgot. I think we forgot too. Uh, I'm about to win a major award. I'm just telling you, I've been notified that I won the major award. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell you what the major award is yet. But the funniest part about winning this award, I won an award for something that I don't do. I've been, I've been recognized as the best of something. It's something I, do, I legitimately don't do or I've not claimed that I do. And in winning this award, I'm going to anger every single person who actually does it yes, for a living. Yes, you are. And they're oh. going to think I somehow had something to do with this. <laughs> And I pre-apologize for winning this major award. Oh my gosh. And uh, more on that later. Do you um, get to give like an acceptance speech or anything? I, I'm hiding we, because people are going to be angry. Oh, I think we should put it on the Twitter webs. Nope. Uh, the exterior features LED lighting, heavy-duty steel and composite body panels, and massive all-terrain tires. A si- this is We're about to talk about the engine, so... This might as well be in Spanish. Well, you are an entertainer, so. I know. 6.7 liter Power Stroke V8 <laughs> diesel engine. Power Stroke I'm uncomfortable with. That does. <laughs> right? Seems like you've had to read a book that has a lot of illustrations. Um, it provides plenty of power. While it isn't fast, this Rhino has only 11 miles and a long future ahead of it. Okay, so this one that there's one for sale, and it's got 11 miles on it. It's, it's got weird. 11 miles. Wait, this Rhino has only 11 miles and a long few. Yeah, yeah. So they're selling something. It's 11 miles. This thing cost $243,900. Here, here's the thing. If you live in war-torn areas and you got to get back and forth from Starbucks, absolutely get one of these, right? Right. Um, Do it. If you're me. And your commute consists of a third of a mile walk to my office every day, uh, trips to the airport, uh, trips to soccer and gymnastics practice for my kids. Um, I don't need an armored super duty F450 truck. And no one's trying to get at me, bro. Even like the Twitter people who get angry at me. Even like the Bruce's. All the Bruce's of the world that don't like me. I don't escalate those arguments. Like I, no. I, we were saying during the break, Nicole, I've grown to this point where I no longer feel like I have to be proven right. I just don't care. Nope. So this is to say, this is a giant waste of money for anyone who's not in a war-torn area. Yeah. I also think that people that roll around and I, I, story time? Please. We got time. There was a CEO of a major Indiana-based company. Oh, no. Years ago, who had his car completely bulletproofed. Okay. 
I can't give you any more information than that. And it was because this person thought he was so important that people wanted to kill him. Now, this is true. This is a true story. In the mean streets of Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, so he had bulletproof glass. He had bulletproof body panels. He had a holster sewn into the underside of the driver's seat. This is before, Jeez. like, concealed carry. I'm, I'm talking... This is when I was in college. Was so his is, house bulletproof too? Like I don't know. But this is this thing. It's like I am all for personal protection. Absolutely. If you want to carry a gun, have at it. Don't yeah, care. Do what you need to do. But that's a that's really more narcissism to yes. think people are trying to get at you. That's not yes. protecting your family. That's I'm that's, important. People want to kill me. That's two different things. <sighs> so anyway, I, I can't tell you that I've ever felt like I've been so important that people want to get at yeah, you. Yeah, people want to kill me. The second biggest waste of money of the week really involves. Well, I'm going to pay for this one. PETA. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And here's why. Uh-oh. <laughs> you can feel this going off the rails. Yep. I've never been known to be PETA the planner. Okay? <laughs> I just, I hunt, I fish. I, I used to hunt. I currently fish. I just don't care. Because I mean, I'm ethical to them. You're pretty transparent about that. I, I really am. Okay. I mean, you're appreciated. Um, recently, Barnum's Animal Crackers were forced to change their packaging. Wait. What? Seriously? You didn't hear this? No. Well, I'm glad you're on the show today. Me too. Thanks for coming to work. <laughs> hey. All right. So I, this is your job. To know it's about a little weird. Like, no, crackers. I'm just saying like you right now, we're just having a conversation about animal crackers. You're getting paid for this. Yeah, this is amazing. Animal crackers, the packages. You remember like classic, you go to yeah, a store and look, they're come the on, and they got the little crappy string. Yeah. You know, that always They're in broke. the red packages yeah. and it looked like, yeah. So it oh, looked like a circus car, yeah. right? And it was like a, um, they, the animals were caged and, 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 but PETA was like, this is inappropriate. It, it's sort of like this cultural issue where these animals, oh, they can't live in cages. So they had this big campaign where they complained to Barnum's Animal Crackers from Dombisco and said, you need to remove the cage from the packaging. So it was like a whole thing. And so now if you go to the store tonight and you get a little packed Animal Crackers from Barnum's, there's no more cage on it. Wait, I have to Google this. You go, no, it's the thing. Here's my issue. Here's why this is a giant waste of money, PETA and Nicole and anyone else that's listening. Upon opening the package, whether there's uh, bars on the package or no bars on the package, I'm going to bite the head off a lion. That's not your concern? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Isn't that the bigger issue that I'm going to, uh, in a mock exercise of, of, of hunger satisfaction, I am going to bite the head the feet, the butts, off of animals. Right, that's what I'm focused on. Why is that not the issue? Who cares if they're caged? They're about to be extinct because I'm going to eat the whole package. But they're a good source of calcium. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Like, look, I, I, again, this is sort of comes with age. I'm willing, if I disagree with something, to say it. If you're, if the Democrats do something crazy, I'll say it. If Republicans do something crazy, I'll say it. If sort of social, uh, what do we call people today? Social uh, justice warriors do weird things, I'll say it. This is dumb. This is dumb. Peter, I'm all for you protecting lab rats and, and making sure stuff's not tested on rabbits and monkeys. Right, yeah, I appreciate you for that. I, I, I really the, do. I, I like to buy the cruelty-free stuff. It's become a new mission. But now I feel like I'm going to need an armored vehicle in case people come and throw like red paint on me because they think I'm anti-animal. Wow. It all comes full circle. Isn't that dumb though? It is. I'm looking at the new packaging too and like, 
I don't know. You can't. You couldn't even really tell that. Yes, they were caged, but they were cir- they're circus animals. How did you eat an animal cracker? Did you bite the head first, oh, the yeah. legs, or did you bite its butt? Well, it kind of depended. Like if oh. it was a lion, mm-hmm. I went for the head yeah. first. Yeah, because it's just like the oh, you could put it, your head in its mouth, right? Or you can put its head in your mouth. Absolutely, very very satisfying. Um, but like the giraffes and yeah. the elephants, I like the little skinnier legs on I those. Agree. So yeah, I went for that first. I also wow, have that's to, so morbid. It is weird. Uh, do you like the iced animal crackers? Oh <gasps> yes. Well, which ones? Do you like mm. the pink and white mm. ones that have sprinkles on them, yeah. or do you like the lightly iced ones? As our friend Derek Schultz, uh, a radio host and, and local celebrity, says, uh, sprinkles are really called Jimmies called jimmies wait why are they called jimmies he's from the new york area um, and and sprinkles are called jimmies on the east coast i had a friend who called them pretties and that was just because she didn't know what sprinkles were called pretties. when she was little so she would just call them well pretties. to introduce that to him um so anyway that's it for the show um no one wants to get at you you don't need an armored vehicle the barnum's animal crackers box is the dumbest thing ever because you're going to eat the animals and i answer financial questions and, and just change lives yeah that's what we do if you want to email me, email me. Yeah, I'll answer your question, and then we'll email you the audio, or you can listen. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Nicole is my producer. I am the edutainer, and you are the listener. This relationship has worked well with us for, for at least 10 years and, and many more years into the future. I have stalled appropriately now. The show is over. I'm Pete the Planner. This is Michelle. This is for information purposes only. Not the specific financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Rock gave me to my earth family and told me to create and so I am pin in my hand microphone on the stand over vinyl I command and demand magnificence in an instance I can make you dance cry or love fly as a dove released from Everest the fresh is fresh and you can call me ET word to John Tesh let me bless this harmonic presentation it's amazing so amazing I'm the reason uh, Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn, Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?